You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they show it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. All been leading to this, Mr. Ryan Talbot. What do we got? Four and a half months ago, the Bills made national headlines by signing Mitch Trubisky, the former second overall pick of the Chicago Bears, and everybody had game number two of the preseason circled as soon as the schedule came out because this was the revenge game. We found out today it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky getting the start against his own team, the Chicago Bears. We're talking a lot about that. Talk a lot about his practice today, which was really solid. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills podcast brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Topps Fresh Burger Bar has over 30 varieties of beef, turkey, chicken, plant-based, and gourmet blend burgers ready to grill. Topps Fresh Burger Bar has you smiling all summer long. Mr. Ryan Talbot, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great. I, I know I'm ready for the second week of preseason football. And like you said, that Trubisky revenge game. And of course, we're saying that tongue in cheek, Bills Mafia. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking forward to it, though, because it's a, it's a chance for him to go back to the stomping grounds and show how he's grown as a quarterback in that little window of time since he's been with the Bills. Exactly. And honestly, like I have, you know, preseason football is something that tends to be a drag, you know, historically uh, people are ready for the season and kind of wishing the days away until it gets here. But honestly, like the state of the pandemic and not having the preseason and seeing some of the guys that are fighting for roster spots around the league, I'm, I'm really embracing the preseason. I'm excited for it. Um, headed out to Chicago tomorrow, bomb that you won't be with me, but we will be here live um, after the game to break it all down for you. And let's get into practice, Ryan, because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, today it was a light practice uh, they were in shells um, but a lot to take away as the Bills kind of shore things up ahead of the preseason game we'll talk about Trubisky at the start he was locked in I thought you know for as good as Josh Allen was two days ago I thought today Mitchell Trubisky you know um, not not as good obviously especially um, you know with some of the throws that Josh Allen can make it's He's just a special uh, player, 
But Trubisky was really in sync with his receivers today. I thought he had a couple really good throws. But maybe his best throw was to Jake Kumaro, like a rope. And uh, Kumaro had a rare drop. Um, you haven't seen that too much uh, during training camp. But I thought from start to finish today, you know, Trubisky got a lot of work. I'd expect him to get two more, uh, more than two attempts in this game. It'll be interesting to see how long he plays. Uh, Matthew Harmon makes a good point. Go check out my article. It's up at Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com right now. You can really dig into everything that I saw today. But I thought he was on the money. He was moving the ball around. There's a lot of different uh, receivers uh, on the end of his passes. And that's a good sign because, you know, I think he's just gotten a lot more comfortable as the weeks have gone along here uh, with the offense. Yeah, and we were talking about that from the spring until now. And in the spring, he was taking those safe, short passes, wasn't really trying to open things up, wasn't trying to fit passes into tight windows. And and it takes time. And now that he's been in this system for a little while, now that he has probably a better grasp of Brian Dable's system, you're starting to see him let it loose a little bit. And and like you mentioned in your article today, he was really sharp uh, hitting the wide receivers. Even when there were some drops, he was pretty accurate on his throws. And Trubisky is interesting. I, I like the fact that the Bills did target him this offseason because while, you know, there, there's only one Josh Allen, Trubisky does do a lot of the same things well that Allen does. Throwing on the run, for instance, is one thing that he can do pretty well. And, and that's something I kind of want to see in the, in these last two weeks of the preseason is see him roll out and run with the ball ball and then throw it maybe last minute to someone as they get open. Just see those little progressions in his game because – in the regular season, obviously, Bills fans hope they don't see Trubisky at all unless it's the, that last series where it's the quarterback that's taking the knee. Uh, but if he does have to play, I want to see how comfortable he's gotten in this system since he signed with the team to now. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a good chance for him to – I'll be interested to see how things shake out in the game because Sean McDermott said today, obviously, Josh Allen's not going to play. Some other starters won't play in this game. Deion Dawkins – uh, is expected to play some snaps. So it'll be interesting to see how he does um, if there are a couple starters out there, like Emmanuel Sanders getting a se- series or two. Um, even with, you know, maybe Jake Kumaro and Gabriel Davis potentially being your top two targets, those are two players, especially Gabriel Davis, that, you know, that's, that's starting caliber talent. So, yeah, to your point, I'm excited to see how that goes. Let's get into the one-on-ones today because I thought that that was the most exciting part of practice. And, you know, I, I have that page open in my notebook right here and we can kind of go through it play by play. But I want to start off with the second rep of the day, Trey White versus Gabriel Davis. And they went at each other three different times. We'll talk about that a little bit. I just wrote, wow, because, you know, we talked about on Tuesday – about how this defense really got worked over by this offense. And I don't think it sat well with any of them. We, we talked to Matt Breida and Jacob Hollister today. I would have loved to have gotten a defensive player just to see, to check in with them on, on how that practice went over in the locker room and if they talked about it at all. And maybe we'll get into that maybe a little bit next week. But today you saw, I think, a tone set in one-on-ones and it started with Trey White. And that's what you want to see out of your out of your CB one. You're one of the highest paid corners in the league, and he came out. He was physical on the first rep against Gabriel Davis. The positioning was just unbelievable, and you could tell that okay, intensity's ratcheted up here for this for the defense today. He's setting the tone. It was a great route by Gabriel Davis. It was just better coverage for Trey White. Breaks up the first one, then the second one. A, a few plays later, same type of thing. Pretty good route, but it was Trey White just winning 
uh, patience uh, by Gabriel Davis in the third route. He was able to kind of set Trey White up a little bit more. Great coverage again. He did end up getting some separation and making the catch. But all three reps for Trey White in those one-on-ones, man, you, you could tell that he was trying to go out there and set the tone. He was unhappy the other day. He was There was a time when he was kind of off to the side, looking frustrated, kind of down on one knee, thinking about what just happened as Josh Allen and the offense were having some success. You know, he made things right in a lot of ways today. Yeah, I was just going to mention in your article from Tuesday when you said he, he kind of stepped off the field at one point. He was angry. He was upset. So, you know, th- that's what great players do. They, they bounce back from those types of practices where the offense simply had the defense's number that day. And he came in on those one-on-ones wanting to prove a point. And Gabe Davis, obviously no slouch, a, a guy that had seven touchdowns as a rookie, uh, was one of Josh Allen's most reliable targets, especially as the year went on. So, uh, really important for Trey White to kind of set the tone because while we're starting to see some starters play more and more, you know, a guy like Trey White, he's just as important to the defense as a guy like Josh Allen is the offense. We're probably going to see him very limited uh, time in the preseason if he does play at all. So these practice reps are important, even if they're in those one-on-one. So hearing that he's uh, holding his own, it's no surprise, but it's still good to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, once 11 on 11 got going, Trey White kind of continued the momentum. Josh Allen was under some pressure early on in one of the first periods of 11 on 11 and kind of had like threw one off the back foot. He looked like he was a bit off balance as the pressure was kind of getting in on him. And it was an interception for Trey White, who was wide open and he made the play. And so just a really sensational practice for him. Um, I'll go through some of these one-on-ones to kind of take you guys in because we're not able to like cool thing about practice sometimes being able to video those one-on-ones and putting them out after practice. Uh, that's during a period that we're not allowed to, to record. So there isn't any video of it. Um, Taron Johnson shuts down uh, Isaiah McKenzie on the second uh, rep, which is so rare. McKenzie and Beasley were spectacular today as they usually are. I wrote about them in there. Um, but this one rep, Shout out to Taron Johnson for getting after it and winning in this one-on-one. It was really, really good. Um, ended up just kind of draping him in the coverage, getting in and, and just breaking up the pass. I think maybe Isaiah McKenzie tripped a little bit, but a good one. Uh, Jake Kumaro wins against um, Rashad Wild Goose, who I just thought – in that rep, just needed to fight a little bit more. He's undersized against Jake Kumaro. And I think if you're, you know, a Bills defensive coach, defensive backs coach, you just want him to leave a, be a little bit more competitive. Wow, wow, wow against Lance Lenore in one-on-one. Surprise, surprise. The guy has been so good all pre- or all training camp long. Um, he had a one-handed catch against Nick McLeod that was spectacular. I think he was probably out of bounds. But the catch itself and the balance to make the play – was so good that I had to notate it here. Um, Marquez Stevenson, absolutely terrific route against Dane Jackson. He gets the catch, catch wins that one. Isaiah McKenzie comes back and and, and wins dominantly against Cam Lewis. Uh, Duke Williams beats Rashad Wild Goose uh, in his second rep. Lance Lenore again with another one. Uh, this was Dane Jackson's first really good part of practice. I'm going to talk about him a little bit later on. I thought today was maybe his best training camp practice to date, which is a good sign for him. As you know, at this stage, even if he loses CB2 battle, you want to give this coaching staff enough confidence that you can be that backup behind Levi Wallace and Tredavious White. So he had a good rep. Um, 
uh, forced kind of a drop from Emmanuel Sanders. So that was a, a good shot. It would have been a, it shouldn't be considered a drop by Sanders. It would have been a miraculous catch, but it touched his hands. He dropped it. Good coverage by Dane. Um, Kumaro with a great route, just left Saran Neal uh, in the dust. Uh, great route running, great footwork. Rashad Wild Goose picks things up, comes back after a couple losses, has a huge rep and, and has a pass breakup against Duke Williams. So, a lot to dive into there, Ryan. Some of your thoughts from uh, the one-on-ones. Well, first of all, I just wonder how uh, much Bills fans think about how far they've come at the wide receiver position from Josh Allen's first year to now. You just hear all those wide receivers that you mentioned, Cole Beasley and Isaiah McKenzie being electric in the slot, and even those Stephon Diggs mispractice. You know you have Diggs, Gabriel Davis, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and the list goes on and on. The Bills legitimately have players that in years past would have been options two, three, four that aren't going to make this team. Uh, a player like Isaiah Hodgins before his most recent injury was was certainly in the conversation to make this roster. Uh, Marquez Stevenson it had the big catch in the first preseason game, had a nice route here today. He could, he could actually get himself back into that conversation if the Bills want to carry seven wide receivers if he has another strong preseason effort. And then Lance Lenore, a guy that we keep mentioning on this podcast, Someone that in a typical year when the when the Bills haven't been this deep would be that last guy, would probably be that uh, player that everyone was talking about, hyping up at camp. Uh, it's just the fact that the Bills are so strong across the board that these are players that aren't going to have a path to this roster. So obviously this wide receiver room is stacked. It's good to hear about those wins when the defender ends up getting those plays. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about one-on-ones on social media lately, not obviously just with the Bills, but some of the videos that get shared from these joint practices. Uh, it certainly favors the wide receivers in these drills. But So when, when these cornerbacks do make plays, it, it just is a, it's a positive thing to note, which you did a great job of doing. Just uh, sharing this out. Um... The story itself, the cool feature, and I mentioned it on the show before. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out. The cool feature of this, Ryan, is that we try to set it up so I put the observations out and then we go live right after. So if you're clicking on that story right now, you can actually watch us live uh, in the page. I'm sure people are doing it right now. I just think that's a great uh, user experience. You can kind of read the observations and then we can kind of go piece by piece. And I also like to try to bring more, you know, go deeper into the notebook if you can, stuff that I just didn't have time. I think I wrote 13, 1400 words uh, after practice today, but there's there's more that we can get uh, into here. So that's what, what was your, one of your big takeaways from what you read or any reports coming out today? Well, I think the big thing is getting some of these starters into the lineup on Saturday. Zach Moss, da- uh, Deion Dawkins, those those are two huge additions to this lineup. And I'll start with Dawkins. The whole time that you and I have been talking about Josh Allen and playing this preseason, it's, it, you know, the thing I've been saying is don't get him out there unless Deion Dawkins is playing. Mm-hmm. Well, he's getting out there on Saturday. It's going to be our first real look at him in live action against uh, the opposition this will be a good test for him because if he holds up and holds his own, I think there's a good chance that Josh Allen goes out there on kids day uh, at Highmark stadium in Buffalo's final preseason game and plays one or two series. They probably want to see first and foremost, how though that franchise left tackle looks and does he need some additional work uh, leading up to the regular season where maybe he looks bad in this first game. And then that goes the opposite way and say, well, we're not going to put Josh out there at all this preseason. Either way, I think the Bills will be fine with whatever quarterback decision they make. 
Zach Moss. Moss was leaning towards becoming that 1A in the backfield last year. Uh, then he suffers the injury in, in the Colts game, comes into this season. He, he has the hamstring, and so he misses the first preseason game. And Devin Singletary absolutely shines against Detroit. So I think it's important for Moss to show what he can do in this game, show that he's going to be just as much of a factor as Singletary in this backfield, although it's a pass-happy offense. They're still going to get utilized at some point, and it's really important that whoever is in the backfield can get positive yards. Yeah, and Moss, for his – part I mean I would expect him to get some work if he's really truly feeling okay I think it could be a situation where he goes in and leads all backs Uh, you know Antonio Williams was doing some work off to the side today good sign that he's back now feeling a little bit better from that stinger he was doing some conditioning work off to the side along with Christian Wade who hasn't done any work has I haven't even seen him out of the sling uh, for that shoulder injury so they both are making some progress which is good news you hope that especially in Wade's case, that he's able to go in the third preseason game. I know he was really looking forward to this preseason stretch of games, and for him not to play in these these first two, uh, I'm anticipating he's not going to be ready to go, even though he did some work today, hasn't had a full practice. It's it's just, uh, you know, it, it hits you in the gut because you know how much he's worked for it, the hours he spent away from his family during COVID, at times not even really able to talk to them. And it's kind of heartbreaking, but you hope he gets one shot in the Green Bay game to maybe even be featured because you're probably going to roll out Moss this week, like I mentioned. Have him have him have a significant role. Maybe taper off a little bit on Singletary because you saw him play so well the first week. Save him. Hopefully, you don't uh, get him hurt. Uh, hurt. And then, um, you know, with Antonio Williams being out, you're probably going to expect to see some Matt Breida in this game. More Matt Breida. He had, I think, nine carries um uh, last week and so we'll t- we'll see where that goes from there i thought it was interesting today matt Brito, who spent a lot of time with mitch trubisky was asked by jay skirsky from the buffalo news like hey what have been your impressions of this guy and he's like i think he's great i think he's been a great leader i think he's a great quarterback i don't know what happened in chicago but everything we've seen here has been great and now i think he's got a chance to go in and show this organization the bears what they did, what they messed up because he's been so good here. So that's kind of a fun little side note of all this. But I thought Zach Moss looked explosive today, Ryan. And that's a good sign um, that he's ready to go. And that was something that with a hamstring, you always worry about that being a several-week injury. And so for him to be back this this close, you figure it was maybe just a tweak and they wanted to be careful with him. And he's ready to get, get back uh, and, and contribute right away. Yeah, no two hamstring injuries are alike, so it's good to hear that this one was obviously minor. The fact that he was returning to practice, the fact that he's going to play on Saturday against the Bears, it, I think it's it's going to be a good sign for him to get out there, see what he can do, show what he can do. And it's going to be important for Breida as well. I think Breida's roster spot is safe, in my opinion, but he was a little underwhelming in that first preseason game. I think he averaged about 2.7 yards per carry. Now, mind you, a lot of the rushes were between the tackles. Uh, that's not necessarily Breida's strength. I think he's more of an outside-the-tackle guy, someone you want to get out in open space so he can utilize his speed. But you still want to get him out there and get him some reps too. And, and then going down further down the depth chart, Christian Wade is a fan favorite in, in Buffalo. He had that explosive debut a few years back. Uh, so I'm hoping that he'll be ready to go by kids' day. I think uh, making it his preseason debut at home in front of Bills fans would be fitting for him. Uh, the Bills can use that roster exemption on him again this year, the NFL recently said, so they can actually hold 17 players on that practice squad. 
So obviously I think that helps his chances as well uh, of sticking around it. And you just never know uh, injuries happen in the NFL. And if he does enough in the preseason, the bills know that he's obviously learned the game over the last few years, his number could get called at some point this season. And if it does, I know that bills fans would be uh, very excited for that possibility. Mm -hmm. Seen some people in the comments talking about a Devin Singletary trade rumor. You know, I always throw out this reminder for everybody. Make sure you're careful with where you're getting your news because uh, I've not heard anything about that. And I'll tell you right now, Devin Singletary has looked good. And I don't think that the Bills are in a situation with an established enough back to be discarding pieces from their backfield. And, you know, we've heard, you know, Brian Dable talk glowingly about Devin Singletary, Sean McDermott about his approach this offseason. So maybe turn that one off. Uh, if you're hearing that, uh, whoever's feed that is, you might want to turn that one off if that's the, the news that you're getting. Cause I don't see Devin, Devin Singletary getting traded now side note though, here, I do see somebody that, um, is asking a pretty good question here. Mark Robbins, uh, one of our regulars here, who is a player most likely to be traded for a pick in the stack 2022 draft? Uh, doesn't think that Bobby Hart has a chance to be a Russell Bodine, but Hey, you never know. Brandon Bean has pulled miracles before, but Ryan, as you're looking at this thing, you just put out a 53-man roster projection. Who do you think could be somebody that the Bills look to maybe deal uh, in the in the final hour here? Well, you know, I know you just said he, that that person said Bobby Hart's probably not in play. You'd be surprised how desperate teams are for offensive line play and offensive tackles and, and tackles with starting experience. Listen, Bobby Hart has been as advertised in, in the worst possible way in, in Buffalo. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He, he's kind of following up from where he was in Cincinnati. He was he had a very rough outing um, against the in this first preseason game, obviously against the Lions as well. But if you look at opposing teams' feeds, the one thing they all say they need are offensive linemen and offensive tackles. So mm. uh, I think he could be more in play than some people realize. Maybe there's an offensive guard on this roster that. Uh, maybe the Bills are, are ready to just kind of say, okay, we've kind of seen enough from that player. Uh, maybe they, they've limited the upside. I'm not sure who that would be. You know, uh, I think that even though Ike Butker's kind of come out to a slow start, they still obviously know what he can do. He's still someone that's important in terms of the depth role that he could play on this team. But offensive linemen, you mentioned it, Russell Bodine. The, the Bills were somehow able to get a pick for Russell Bodine. If you can get a pick for Bodine, anything is possible in today's NFL. So I, I wouldn't eliminate Bobby Hart from the running there yet. Um, I, I Looking at the rest of the roster, I think that they're kind of thin at cornerback. I don't think there's any corners that the Bills would trade or could trade. I like their safety depth, but I don't see any teams coming calling for the depth there. Defensive ends, obviously a popular one. So if I were to go with someone on the other side of the ball, maybe Daryl Johnson, maybe when they were talking about how opposing uh, special teams coordinators come up to them and say how how impressive this guy is. Maybe that was the start of it. And to his credit, he's put together some really good training camp practices, getting after the quarterback as well. So if, if there was one player where I think you could get a decent pickback, that might be it. But I think the Bills really do covet him as a player. Mm -hmm. Spend more time enjoying everything that Summer has to offer and less time worrying about getting to the store with Tops Pickup and Delivery. Shop for your groceries online. Choose Pickup or Delivery, and Tops will bring the groceries right to you. Visit topsmarkets.com to get started. Shout out to Tops uh, sponsoring this Shout Bills football podcast that comes to you every day during training camp. 
after practice to bring you all the details. And we'll get to more of those details in a moment, Ryan. But first, there is a question on Twitter. Who was your first man out and last man in for your roster projections? Uh, Greg Frisch on Twitter says that his guess would have been Marquez Stevenson and Bam Johnson. But what did you have there? Yeah, so uh, Stevenson was was right there. That's a correct assumption. I had it down to that. And then even in that safety conversation, I had a really tough time with Thomas and, and Hamlin because I could see the Bills going with the, the rookie over the Andre Frazier out of Appalachian State from one year ago. Uh, so th- those were both in play. Johnson, obviously, k- keeping seven defensive uh, ends. You know, like I said, was I out of my head? Was I out of my mind, Matt, with, with that selection? It, it was tough, but I, I went with seven defensive ends there. So, yeah, uh, correct assumptions on his part. Wow. Love it. Always bringing the content, Mr. Talbot, and that's why you're a man of the people. That's right. um, next up, let's get into Dane Jackson for a moment because, you know, there was one really bad play today uh, from Jackson that I thought I, w- I wrote down, man, what, what, what's he doing here? He's struggling. Um, and let me see if I can find it because it was against uh, – let me find it here. No. Oh, so it was Trubisky who actually had a dart to Tanner Gentry. Good throw, good catch. But just the coverage there on the play wasn't there. And that's what a lot of what we've seen from Dane, right, throughout training camp is, you know, missed opportunities. In, you know, creating contested catch situations where I feel like he was so good last year as a rookie, you got to have good coverage to create them. And he's still learning. I mean, he's still talking about – you know, what it's been like trying to become a better off corner and, you know, the nuance involved in that. And, you know, with a larger body of work, you know, I go back to training camp last year and I know that there's some people that have been unimpressed with Rashad Wallagoose. Listen, I don't think that Dane Jackson had a great training camp last year. I remember going into the season, like, man, I don't know if this dude is ready to be on the roster. And then, you know, we got our answer. He really wasn't uh, ready for that. And so, you know, I think a lot of this is trial by fire and, and getting thrown out there and working on things that they're working on in practice. And this was a play where he just couldn't get to a situation to a place against Gentry on the route to where he can make it hard on him. And then you move through practice and okay, a good play, a good play. All right. Now it's like Dane Jackson is starting to get things going here. And the play that I uh, have circled here, Trubisky came in for, I believe, his, his final period, and it was his only really a below average period of practice. It started with a pass breakup by Dane Jackson. It was great coverage. I believe it might have been on um, Gabriel Davis, but to be fair, I didn't write it down and I can't remember. So we'll just say that it was a great rep by Dane Jackson who got into position, was able to get his hand in there, rip the ball out. That is a great situation um, I see a commenter saying Nick McLeod catching up to Dane Jackson. No, sorry. That is not the case. Nick, Nick McLeod and uh, OG um, Elijah Griffin struggling in this training camp. Um, I like both players. Uh, we said, we talked a lot about them in mini camp. They're not ready for the NFL and you'd see, you maybe see one of them land on the practice squad, but I got to say at times I've seen 
so little from both of them that I'm, I'm concerned at their ability to stay on the training uh, on the practice squad, especially considering the ability of a guy like Cam Lewis, who I think has been really scrappy as usual, a guy that they like, they could put all over the place, but we'll see between those two guys. If, if one of them end up uh, rising to the top, I know that Nick McLeod's a guy that Matt Milano was complimentary of. So maybe they've seen enough, but in, in, in practice, it hasn't, been great so but a good day for Dane Jackson and something to build on is he needs a really big day here uh if he wants any chance to uh against the Bears any chance to win that CB2 job which I think is pretty much locked up by Levi at this point yeah I agree with that and I know that Leslie Frazier still said the competition was ongoing but Levi Wallace's consistency uh the fact that the Bills have to be very comfortable with him as a cornerback number two based on all the film that he's put up for them over the years uh, I think that that job's locked up too but Dane Jackson is one injury away from playing significant reps right now. And it's really important for him to have practices like this, where he does bounce back after maybe a a bad rep. And it sounds like he did to his credit. So now it's take those practice reps and turn them into actual game situations. We saw last year when his number was called upon, he was a gamer. He took, he made the most of those limited reps. He has to do the same thing, probably with uh, obviously a lot more reps coming up this weekend and in the preseason finale and show the Bills, listen, I might not be your number two corner, but if something were to happen, I can step in and assume this role. You don't have to go out there and maybe look for a veteran that hits the market at cut down time, or maybe you have to swing a trade right now to find someone that could take that role because we're starting to see it, Matt, some player for player trades taking uh, part we saw Packers and the Giants do a corner for corner trade, if I remember correctly. And there was another one, obviously, with the Dolphins acquiring an offensive tackle. So we're starting to see some trades around the league as cut downs come. Uh, don't be shocked; the Bills maybe are part of one of those deals as well. Indeed. All right, let's get some more um, practice notes. And, and one guy in particular, you mentioned him, Bam Johnson. Uh, who, by the way, clarified he would like to be called Bam Johnson, no longer Daryl Johnson. And so, you know, more power to him. Uh, you know, if he, if he keeps getting the pressure and getting after the quarterback, I, I think he'll be living up to his nickname. So, um, and he did that today. And one of the plays that stood out, uh, I had it written here. Let's get back to it. Mitch Trubisky went back to plat- pass, um, was looking f- um no, that was Dane Jackson. Uh, it, was, it was Davis Webb. Honestly, Ryan, Davis Webb and Jake Fromm, not a lot of action today. So I'd be – I don't know if that is an indicator that we're going to see a lot of uh, Day, uh, Mitchell Trubisky this week and maybe um, you know maybe a quarter each for Fromm and Webb. We'll see. I'm not sure. Uh, but it looks like from what we saw today, if this was any type of ramp-up period, a lot of work for Mitchell Trubisky today. Uh, when he went out in a period, Webb got one play. Uh, he got rid of the ball, uh, but it was a bad pass. And the reason it was a bad pass is because Daryl Johnson just absolutely blew up his block, bl- the block attempt. I didn't have it written down here. And where we were standing today, it was a, they were working on the far end of the field. So it was kind of s- tough to see some of the, the line play. But Daryl Johnson was in the backfield almost immediately. Webb got the ball off. Looking for Quentin Morris, uh, the ball bounced off his hands, intercepted by Josh Thomas, who, oh, there you go again. Josh Thomas there making some plays when they're there to be made. Uh, great play all around. And Daryl Johnson just continues to um, improve his stock and and make things really tough. I, You, you mentioned it, 11 defensive 
lineman seems crazy. But I think you have to start to think of, of Daryl Johnson in a different light because of what he can do. I almost feel like he's a pass rush special, specialist at this point. Uh, he may not even be in play. But at the same time, maybe he would be in play if you don't feel like Boogie Basham, who I feel like you can't stash on the practice squad. If you just need to you know, get him through and then make him a, a, a game day inactive every, every week like they did with A.J. Epinesa last year, that puts Daryl Johnson in a, a, a pass rush specialist type of role and lets him continue to shine on uh, special teams. Yeah, you know, first and foremost, I will happily call him Bam. I would love it, though, if he'd wear some sleeves under his jersey with flames on them and ode to good old Bam Bam Bigelow, one of my favorite old wrestlers out there. You know, it's the least he could do, no. But uh, Bam Johnson has had a very nice training camp. He's really come on in the preseason. He's done his part here at practices as well. So if the Bills keep seven DNs, it's because he's earned it now we've been talking about this, Matt, they could take some veterans and they could cut those veterans. They don't have to go through the waiver system and do the handshake deals, get players on and then move some players to the IR with injuries. And then maybe they could add that other player back. So maybe they don't want to risk losing a guy like Johnson or someone else. That's the the route that they go. But Bam Johnson is holding up his end of the bargain. F.A. Obata is holding up his end of the bargain. It's just really tough at the bottom of that roster. You mentioned Josh Thomas. I came away blown away with Thomas, especially in run support in that first preseason game. Kind of was flying under the radar a little bit and really made his name known. Good to hear him making those practice interceptions as well. He'll have a great opportunity uh, again on Saturday because, you know, you've mentioned in the injury reports, Jaquan Johnson's out. I highly doubt you're going to see uh, uh, Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer much if they play at all. So, again, a great opportunity for some of these depth safety is to show what they can do as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, before we get out of here, I want to talk about um, Harrison Phillips, who Mm -hmm. I mentioned in the story, the dude has been probably the most consistent and good defensive lineman for the past week in practice. And, you know, obviously we mentioned the game that he had, but again, another play today where not only does he beat a double team at the line of scrimmage, um, he was in, I believe, uh, was able to wiggle through a double team. Might have been Mitch and Feliciano. But again, I couldn't really tell because of where they were on the on the field. Pushes through that, gets gets Allen on the run, and literally chases down Allen, and they blow it dead. He he gets a sack on the play. I mean, so you're you're talking about a couple things. Number one, you're taking on a double team. Number two. You beat that double team. Number three, you got the uh, giddy up to get after one of the most athletic and um, astute quarterbacks at getting out of trouble in those situations. You run them down for the sack. That is like a really good practice play from Harrison Phillips. I noticed him two or three times today. He looks fast. He looks like he has explosion. His get off is better. Ryan, at this stage right now, there is no possible way I see them cutting Harrison Phillips. None. And he had a great preseason game as well against the Lions. So this is really encouraging for him. You know, when the first depth chart came out and it had Harrison Phillips as the third team defensive tackle, it's easy to understand why some fans are a little nervous about his chances because uh, they obviously had Zimmer on the second team along with Vernon Butler Jr. Uh, So how many defensive linemen can you keep if you're keeping six or seven defensive ends? How many defensive tackles can you keep was the question. 
But Phillips is playing his way onto this roster between practice and the preseason. I think he, I think he's on the right side of the bubble right now, but another strong performance on Saturday against the Chicago Bears. You know, if he comes out and, and plays well against Chicago, I think that pretty much kind of seals the deal for him on the right side of the bubble, gets him on this team. Because like you said, if he can bring that explosiveness, th- that play to this defensive line, it's just going to make them that much better. And before he had that last injury, people forget that he was even cutting into Stars playing time a little bit. Uh, there's that Cincinnati game where he was getting after at that time. It was Andy Dalton. And he was really good in that game, and he was showing some bursts that preseason, that training camp. So, you know, maybe it's just taken a long time for him to get back his confidence in that level of play, but certainly encouraging from what we've seen from him as of late. Mm-hmm. A little bit of an injury update. You mentioned Jaquan Johnson. Uh, Stephon Diggs is still out with the knee. An update provided by Sean McDermott today was, I think, on the positive side, Ryan. I mean, he basically said, here's the quote. Um, He will not play in the game, obviously. We hope to get him back here in a more active role on the field, at least in the next couple of days to the next week. So it looks like he's creeping up on a place where he can return, which I think is really great news um, in any way. Just being out there and working off to the side, I think will put a lot of Bills fans at ease. I'm still not really overly concerned quite yet because we still are almost three weeks uh, or maybe a little less than three weeks away from the start of the season. Um, actually a little more than three weeks, a couple days, excuse me. And so Isaiah Hodgins with a knee, we didn't see him out there as well. Tommy Sweeney with a foot, Forrest Lamp with the calf. I mean, Forrest Lamp is in mm. serious trouble uh, here as we sit. If he's not able to play in the second preseason game, I, I, I don't know if we're, um, going to get to a point where, you know, he just ends up being an injury uh, release and they come to some type, type of settlement. We'll see. Uh, but also Cody Ford didn't practice today. Wasn't out there at all. Uh, kind of eyebrow raising. Uh, he's been really good in camp. The Bills put out this, the distinction as an illness, non-COVID related. Uh, this is something that happened, I think, recently with John Feliciano and Tommy Doyle. So we'll look for it, uh, see if he travels with the team. But I wouldn't be overly concerned about that either. No, and and the names that you mentioned, most of them have been on this injury list uh, the last few days. So I I wouldn't be uh, too worried right now. And it's this is an unfortunate part of the game: injuries and more serious injuries. And Matt, I know you were at practice today, but it looks like Carl Lawson on the Jets suffered a real serious injury for them. He was having a phenomenal camp, beating uh, Becton on a daily basis at those training camps. Looked like he was on on uh, his way to a breakout year, and it said then one of the reports he had heard a pop. They think it's something serious that he might miss the entire year. So, you know, at least if you're a Bills fan, yes, some of these players have been on the injury list for a while, but none of them have come across as being too significant. And, and that's really important with the regular season just a few weeks away that the, the Bills right now are in pretty good health. Indeed, Mr. Talbot, it has been another fun show. We are going to get out of here right now. Before we do, though, uh, let me shout out Tops one more time. Tops loves local. Tops is proud to partner with over 200 local growers to supply Tops with their freshest homegrown fruits and vegetables. Produced and picked this morning can be on your table tonight. We are going to be back at you on Saturday, probably sometime around in the 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern window. Um, don't have an exact time yet, but make sure if you're on YouTube, bunch watching right now, hit that like button. Make sure you're subscribed. Every time we go live, we'll set up 
uh, the stream and it'll give you a notification so you can join us uh, at that moment on your phone, get to a to your uh, TV or computer and uh, join the conversation. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, ooh, last little note here before we get out of here. Vernon Butler news. He practiced today. It looked like he – actually, I didn't put this in my notes. I probably should have. It looked like he limped off for a moment, but I, I think he did come back. And so we'll see his game status. Ryan, he's got he's to gotta be good this weekend here, especially with as well as Harrison Phillips has been playing. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there's been some things on social media about um, what would happen if the Bills release him in terms of money. But listen, at the end of the day, they're going to keep the best players on this roster. They have Super Bowl aspirations. This is not a team that is hoping to break 500 and sneak into the playoffs, and they're going to keep those bad contracts on, on the board. They're going to get rid of who they need to get rid of uh, to, to have the best ro- roster possible. So this is a very important weekend for him if he does play. All right. That'll do it, everybody. See you on Saturday. Have a great weekend. Live it up. We'll see you then. Take care, everyone.